Welcome to Different From The Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host, Angela Sunis, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different From The Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within the mental health community. I wanted to talk today a little bit about um, an article that I found called Mental Health Commission Calls for More Experts. That's from the CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's from their news feed from August the 27th, 2014. I just wanted to read a little bit of it uh, to you. Some Canadian police academies are using inaccurate and outdated material when training officers to work with people with mental health issues says a report released by the Mental Health Commission of Canada. Released at the annual gathering of the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police in Victoria, the report notes mental health professionals are not included in the development or delivery of criteria. This denies new officers the opportunity to become familiar with their mental health counterparts, says the report. Insufficient education is cited as the main reason police resort to using undue force rather than responding appropriately and empathetically to cases involving people with mental health issues. In the past seven years, a number of high-profile police shooting deaths involving mentally ill individuals resulted in public outcry for change in policing practices. David Boyd's son, Paul Boyd, was shot by a Vancouver police officer in August 2007. He was suffering from bipolar disorder and paranoia. Boyd supports the idea of further education and believes his son would be alive if police had been trained to defuse the situation as their first response. However, he's worried any training would eventually be overtaken by long-standing police culture. This is something that I believe the uh, police services boards um, and the educators of the police departments are talking about. Um... I know uh, as recent, uh, this is uh, very recent, uh, that uh, somebody in the police services board has been speaking about uh, that they are in the beginning stages of getting some instructors on board to teach mental health first aid in the police force, uh, at least in Durham and in Halton. They have been having those conversations. So I know things are changing because the educators of the police departments are now engaging in a new course, which is starting to be taught. They're starting to get some instructors on board. It's called Mental Health First Aid for the Police Officers. So I know things are going to start to change. It's just a little slow to change. And I think there's so many more people presenting with such mental health challenges and they're coming up against the police and um, the police are just not as trained as they could be at this point to respond in, as they're calling it, uh, a compassionate and empathetic manner. So let's move on here. Uh, This is the second interview with Deb Flowers. She is a business owner and um, a very involved uh, member of her church. Uh, She has a son that, when we pick up in this interview, has been uh, brought into a hospital where he was uh, for four months uh, with schizophrenia, diagnosed with schizophrenia. And let's pick up where we left off. You had mentioned uh, when you were talking about your son being in the hospital uh, that he was musical and that you feel as though the music was kind of helping him through this period of time. So describe that to me. Definitely. Um, When he was in the ICU ward, he 
he was using music that was that was always in his brain like music is always there so he would be dancing around and playing the drums and and playing the guitar doing whatever he could musically well they saw that as still as psychosis they did not see that as a normal behavior and i had to try to explain to them that actually is my son he lives and breathes him and his friends they did music at school all day long and then come back to my place and play till seven or eight at night. And what was his, did he have a specific instrument or a Well, couple? he, he did drums Okay. He, at school. He was in percu- percussion at, at school, but he played all the instruments. Okay. He did keyboards, guitar, everything you name it. Oh, wow. So anyways, I had tried to explain this to them and they still had a hard time listening to it. He also had a faith. We had raised him in the church. Mm-hmm. So for him to talk about Jesus and to be singing, like, you know, he was trying to find a comfort zone for him. They felt that that was very psychotic as well. I agree that some of his behavior prior to that was a little, was odd. And I, they, but they seem to believe that if you start, if the kids start talking about religious things, it's a psychotic episode. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting because I did some, I've done some reading recently and yeah, that seems to be quite the earmark or benchmark yeah. for um psychosis there, uh, a lot of the kids will actually put a like they're putting a cross in the wall right. or doing something like that so i guess it's confusing for the staff for the hospital for this psychologist well and, psychiatrist? and to my you know, know what and maybe to some point he was still psychotic and i so i'm not you mm-hmm. know but i'm also pointing out to them that this is part of him too yes now whether it's become embellished because of the situation mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so long and the short of it, it took me a while. I had asked them if I could bring in a guitar. Obviously, they wouldn't let me do that. So finally, they let me bring in harmonicas. And that was the key for him healing. And I really? have to tell you this, because not only was he doing, he not only was he doing music, but it was breathing. And it was calming him because mm-hmm. the breathing techniques, you breathe. There's also a vibration. That There's a with, vibration in the breathing. Yeah. And it's just, he wasn't breathing properly. He was hyperventilating all the time. And this way he was breathing in and breathing out with the music. And it, it slowly brought him back. So were they, was he allowed to have the harmonica on the floor in his room? Yes. So he was allowed to have it in the room. Did he have a roommate? No, 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 no. These, okay. I don't in know. ICU, I've never, oh, ICU, never seen ICU. They are like square dummy rooms that have nothing in them. Sometimes they have a bed. Sometimes they don't, depending on the situation. Looks like the Emerge room. Have you ever been to the room in Emerge? Oh, yeah, the it? bubble room. Yeah, yeah the yeah. bubble room. <laughs> okay, so it's like that in ICU. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's not. And sometimes they close the blinds oh, so yeah. that you can't, they don't see it. So it is an yeah. enclosed area. Like, it's it, it's hard. Like, you know. So any of you parents that have gone through that, um, you understand, like when they literally strip them so that they have nothing, yeah. no shoelaces, no, sh- no clothes, no, no you nothing. know, it's, it's very traumatic. Yes. It's very traumatic. So anyways, he did, he was allowed to do this. Um, they, they did allow, so the four months they, they did allow, which was so amazing, um, him to have a guitar I was allowed to bring the guitar and he was allowed off the ward for an hour um every day and we would it was very funny he had a following because he would he would just take the guitar down down the um 
the corridors of the downstairs and he'd be playing away and it was it was hilarious because these he had like these older people that had been in the oh, in the hospital for a, a while, yeah, and this was entertainment for them. So they would just wheel down and to to go into the there's a, like a little garden courtyard, and he would go out there and play. That's <laughs> amazing. And he went through the halls just singing along, and it, he was in his own little world. That's still that's amazing but for was, everybody. Yeah, it was just it. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It wow. really was. It was it was therapeutic for him. It was therapeutic for everybody else. It was just it was hilarious because some of them when they were leaving, they would come up and they go, "I have to tell you, I'm leaving. And it's not because of your music. I just love your music, but I gotta go." Oh, like it was so cute. cute. It was so <laughs> sweet because you know, because after four months, you know, it would have been yeah, yeah. They got used to him wandering the wandering the streets, wandering the halls. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. So you were saying as well that the you feel as though the music has continued to be a, a wonderful. Oh, um, and he recognizes it. A wonderful. I don't know what the word is for it. A, a just wonderful um, addition. It's a thera- it's the and thera- it's its own therapy, it's, isn't it's, it? It's its own therapy for him. Um, and so he actually is taking social youth social work now. Amazing. And he, once he finishes that, he is going on for music therapy. Wow, that's and, amazing. And Isn't that fantastic? he truly sees how the connection is. And actually, I should tell you, so one of his co-op last year, he had worked in the schools. And instead of doing the sports aspect, he was doing the cheerleading and he was teaching the kids raps. Was he? So that was like the rap music. Yeah. And he was just using all of that for and getting the kids that was getting releasing their their emotions and stuff and they were doing it through rap music. So it was it was it's kind of fun to see how he has used his experience and learned from it and how he can put it into practice. Exceptional. Yes. Really unusual. I've never heard a story like yours and thank you for sharing. Um so tell me I alluded before to you having your own business and you kept your own business through this. Do you, may I ask, are you, um, are you with somebody? Do you have a partner, a spouse? No, I'm uh, on my own. You're on your own. Holy crap. How did you manage? How, how, really, how did you manage when you have your own business? Which were, how many hours was it a day that you were, that you have your shop open? Well, it's, it's, I don't nine to six usually. So nine, yeah. nine till six. And then you're dealing with this young man who's really having a hard time. I'm sorry. I'm bringing you to tears here. I know. You back. know what? You just, you do, you go back. Eh? I'm and it sorry. Just, it's okay. It's okay. Um, no, but do you, did you, did you have anybody? Well, I did. I, I had a girl that worked with me and she was just a godsend to me because when the hospital went, especially when he's in PICU, um, they was, you know, uh, they just say he's, you can come see him now. Like it's just, pockets of times you know and sometimes when you were on your way there they would say sorry he's not he's not able to see you you know okay. it was just a so I would jump to go see him mm-hmm. and she was gracious to do that so you know I would just run and there was many times when he was in PICU he couldn't sleep he was anxious he was yeah. up 24 hours a day and just going around the room just you know and not getting any energy so I would go sometimes twice a day and just get him back into bed and just try and relax him by massaging his head and mis- just in his shoulders and just getting him to quiet down. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Now, how did your, you have, you said you have a daughter as well? Yeah. How did she do during this period of time? It must have been extraordinarily difficult for her as well. 
gonna make me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just know because I just, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. Um, I I guess it it feels, must feel okay. I hope to have the conversation because he's doing so well. Yeah. And Uh, just, just to go back. That's okay. She was, she was amazing through it all. She younger or older than him? She's older. Okay. And she wasn't allowed to go in to see him because Mm -hmm. of her age. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was difficult for her. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So it was, a, suffice it to say, it was a really difficult period of time, but you're through it. And well, congratulations. Was there any, did, were you able to look after yourself at all? Did you sleep? How did you do? I guess I, I, I made it it's, through. It was, okay. I, I don't know blur? how. Yeah. I, a honestly, lot of mine is a blur. Yeah, the bad is. stuff is a blur. Yeah, it reason. is. And you don't, I, I, I don't know how I got through it. You don't know how you came out you the know? other end. Exactly. Um, but you do. And, um, yeah, you do. Okay. Um, do you remember any behaviors that you had that you were able to like self-soothing things? Did you, Oh, I did. I, I booked a lot of massages. Okay. Did you? <laughs> okay, good. I booked a lot of massages. Yes. I, yes, I did. That is one thing I did do is I booked, yeah, had a lot of massages and, uh, did your faith must have come into play as well? Yes. I was just going to say, I, yes. I don't think I could have got through without that, you know, and I knew there was a lot of people praying for us. Yeah. There was a huge amount of people praying. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. Well, that's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Is there something, what would you tell a parent if you had somebody sitting in front of you right now that was going through the worst of the worst of what you've experienced? What would you tell them? Just believe in your child. Um, One thing I would say is, um, one thing I realized from the first time he went in to the second time, and understand when I say this. I do believe in doctors, but make sure that you are in control of the situation. Um, as much as doctors know a lot, you know your child. And um, that was one thing I didn't recognize at the beginning. I, I was overwhelmed the first time he went in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was overwhelmed the second time, but I think I had a better handle on being able to say, okay, no, this is him. This is better for him. What not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you would actually speak up and say, I would speak up. I would, I, yeah. Instead of letting them take control of the situation and me just sort of walking around like a zombie, I was able to say no. And there was times when we, he was in the hospital, they restricted him for things and he didn't understand why. And so restricted him from what activities or yeah, they would lock him oh. in his room. Oh, um, they would, and he wouldn't, for whatever reason, I honestly believe he didn't understand why. Okay. And so I would, you know, have them explain to the two of us in front of like with me and him there so that both of us could understand what was going on. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's the, definitely a make definitely let your child know that you are right beside them. Mm-hmm. And that this is something that you both are going through together, and it's not just them, and they're not alone. Okay, that's I would agree a thousand percent, especially the that they're not alone. Oh my gosh, no. absolutely. Okay, to end off here, if you don't mind, Deb, yeah. um, when there's something I've always wanted to um, ask another parent, and I found this article. It's from a author called Sarah Schuster, and it's called 14 Things Parents of Children with Mental Illness Want You to Know. So this is her intro. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, 4 million children and adolescents in the United States have a serious mental disorder, and behind most of these children are parents. Parents fighting stigma and misunderstanding 
and misunderstanding to get their child the best care possible. So I found one particular uh, thing here that I, I thought was kind of relevant because I basically said this on the back cover of the first book, which is, uh, this is a quote from uh, somebody called Mary Beth, and it is from this article from Sarah Schuster, and it says, um, this is number nine, it says, sometimes my parenting may look strange. It may look like my child is spoiled. Please respect us and know in the end, my husband and I will do what's best for my child. Have you experienced, I know I have. Yes. Have you experienced yes. this? Can you tell me a little bit more about that. Well, yeah, people, uh, I, I'm just trying to think of some examples of that, but, um, people did people, during that period of time, did ever, anyone ever say to you, Oh, you know what? He's just this, or he's just that, or you've, you've facilitated this, or you've made this happen because he's been so. You've been pampered. Yes. Did um, you get any of that? Some people judged me at the beginning. How could you have not known he was going through going through, like, how did you not know that he was on uh, taking drugs and how can you, and all of that type of stuff. Um, I did get that judgment. Um, I did, I did get some people kind of shaking their heads when I would, I, well, speak up like about the music and silly things like they, they just didn't understand that. Okay. Um, did you get it afterwards? Cause I know my style of parenting ended up being quite collaborative with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Was your style of parenting like that? before that or did it have to become did you parent differently once he was released from the hospital differently um I guess it was a little bit more different in the sense that I I watched him a lot more I I took in everything that he did and observed him a lot more to see what he was see the thing was is that he was turning 18 mm -hmm. so it, it was the dynamics of of parenting an 18 year old is very different like, you know, so... Well, they're getting to a point they want more independence. independence. They don't want you looking over their shoulder all the time. And you're trying to give them that space. Exactly. But yet, at the same time, he was acting very much like a a child. Okay. So, um, and some people didn't understand the way I talked to him. Yes. The way I, you know, I was very patient with, with him, you know. You seem like a very patient person. He's very lucky. I bet you are just really patient. People say that about me, but I don't know. I guess some days I blow what they, up. What, yeah. they call, what the Catholics would call the patience of Job. Yeah, there you go. But you know what? I think you sometimes, you have to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I would do. hope people are patient with me. Yeah, true story. That's And I guess that's how it is, you know? Yes, when yes. None of us are perfect. No. You know? Oh, God. No. And none of us make mistakes on purpose. No. And that's what I've always, you know. Never, none of us make mistakes on purpose. That's awesome. I think we might actually title this episode nobody makes mistakes on purpose high five me that's a good one, I like, <laughs> you like that one. I like it a lot I like it a lot okay Deb I'm gonna wrap up for now thank you so much I really appreciate it parents I hope that you've been uh, very appreciative of what well, as well of uh, hearing uh, Deb's uh, account of what happened with her son and what is uh, happening with him now and congratulations that's the best story I've heard and very nice to have a nice uh, uplifting uh, story periodically that these things can turn around and and they can get their lives back um, parents uh, stay with it uh, don't give up and uh, I'll see you on the other side Thanks for listening to Different From The Other Kids, made possible with the support of Raven 5. We are Contest Marketing. You can find them online at www.raven5.com. That's Raven, the number 5, 
www.amongthecrowdproductions.com. Music and editing is a product of Among the Crowd Productions. You can hear more at www.amongthecrowd.ca. We'll see you next week. And now a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider.